Hello and welcome back to the brand new second half of the Home and Away Days podcast where we're not going to be talking about our trips to home and away games. We're just going to be talking general football and I think that's much more exciting for some than others and that's the reason we're doing it. We're kind of spreading ourselves on two fronts and of course, as always, I'm joined by the lovely James. How are we doing, James? I'm good. How are you doing, Luke? It's good. It's almost like we've not just spoken to each other for around about an hour just before this so that is a bit of a redundant question, but for those listening, they don't know that we have now ruined the mystery. Um, so like I say, we're going to be talking uh, a few different topics. Uh, we've got some fun little segments we've we've come up with and some that we've clearly stolen and made our own, but I do not give a shit. So <laughs> we're going to kind of start off with uh, a football topic, you know, one that's been knocking around recently. And, and I think... Ha- is interesting enough to talk about and spark a bit of a debate. So we're going to be talking about uh, players refusing to play or, you know, demanding that uh, they want to move uh, to a certain club. Now, the the clearest two examples I've got are obviously Sayacido uh, in his uh, not refusal to move to Liverpool, but definitely saying that he'd prefer to move to Chelsea and that move has now gone through. So j- just to kind of start off with that, Obviously, you yourself follow Liverpool. You you probably are a Liverpool fan, maybe slightly more than a Bolton fan. So, what does it kind of mean to you when you know you put in a bid of one hundred and ten million, a record bid bid for an English like an English based player, um, and then he sort of turns around and says, "Well, I don't really want to play for your club. I want to wait for Chelsea." So, it brings with it the sort of the, the whole saga that's been going on with this transfer an element of confusion not because it was sudden that Liverpool wanted to sign it was like hang on we thought we had no money available and you suddenly put a £110 million bid in it's the, the way they went about it mm. very confusing but it's not a player that I suddenly thought we, we were going to get there was no um what you call it? There was, there, was, there was nothing there, and then suddenly they said, "Oh, but we're going we're to try and sign Saicedo," and they all have agreed a fee. And it's you know, Jurgen Klopp sat there at a press conference and was like, "Yeah, we've agreed a free a, a fee." It's like we haven't got him. Yeah, because like you said, there was there was no real like build up to it, was there? It wasn't like oh, Liverpool plan, uh, you know, a massive swoop for Saicedo. It's very much you kind of found yourselves in a bidding war, but. The, the main sort of reason I wanted to talk about it is just, I, I don't understand how a player, he's under contract at Brighton. Brighton didn't really want to sell him at first, but they understand they're going to get a lot of money for him and the player wanted to leave. I don't get then why Liverpool are bidding against Chelsea if then the player is going to turn around and go, well, I don't want to come to you. It, it's very much getting to a case now of if things keep playing like this, is that player's will be talking to the club and say, well, I want to move to one of these clubs. And if they don't bid for them, what happens then? Is the player just going to refuse to, to play until he gets his move? So Liverpool are in this really difficult situation now where not only have they missed out on Saturday, yeah, 150 million plus, I think it's 15 million in add-ons. And that's quid, not like euros or dollars. Hmm. Eight-year contract, that means he's going to be there till he's 30 Right, and he's getting paid two fifty a week. He's a massive player. I wish we could have got. However, financially we can't compete with that. And yes, there's a whole lot of 
FFP stuff around Chelsea signing him, which I've done my research. I know how they're getting away with it. Um, well, I've read into how they're getting away with it. Um, Roman Lavia was Liverpool's other target, who's also not going to sign for Chelsea. <laughs> he was like, he feels, he feels insulted, insulted, doesn't he? That Liverpool wanted him and they didn't want him. Now, oh, we'll go back for you. And now Southampton wants 60 million. So Liverpool are in quite a tricky situation now where who do they go and sign? Because they needed one of those two players. Now they haven't got either of them. Is it going to be a panic buy? Do they go and do another R tour? I hope they, they don't. But it, it's a really weird situation. So bear in mind, Liverpool lost their chief. Um, sort of, they lost quite a big name. Yeah. Quite clear, because I'm so confused. Liverpool in the past have, have been so easy with transfers. Like, think of Fabinho. Think of um, like Slobberslie, where they just they've signed them, but they've done it quickly with no talk of it at all. But then they've ballsed up here. Yeah, and, and, and what my my point is, and what really sort of concerns me going forward, is that I don't understand how a player can have such an influence on the the destination. Now, I, I, I can understand a player saying, you know, I'm may, not bigger than Brighton because Brighton have had a fantastic season and finished above Chelsea, let, let's not forget. Now, obviously, I understand they're not going to pay as much as a, a big top four club because that's not their transfer strategy or what the, the project they're building there is. So, fair enough, he wants to leave. And Brighton are probably kind of glad they're getting rid of a player they don't like and they're getting a, a record transfer fee for it. But I, I don't understand then how a player can, you know, have a bid accepted to go to Liverpool. And then, because it was made quite a public thing, I think they said they had until 12 o'clock, both Chelsea and Liverpool, to submit a bid. Liverpool bid higher. Therefore, he should be going to Liverpool from, from what's been said. But how can then the player decide upon this? Well, I don't really want to go to Liverpool. So you now have to go negotiate with Chelsea. That realistically, as soon as that bid has been accepted, the the only job the player then has is to agree personal terms. And realistically, with what what Liverpool will have been offering, that you don't have a choice. You have to accept. You shouldn't then be able to turn around to Brighton and go, "Well, this isn't the what the the opportunity I wanted." Go and negotiate with Chelsea because otherwise, what's the point? And you kind of like see that more with Lavia as well because yeah. there's sort of hints that. Apparently, Lavia did prefer Liverpool, um, but obviously is now going to Chelsea. And it's I, I don't understand what the point is of even sort of like saying a player is up for sale because you might as well just ask him, where do you want to move? And then ring that club and say, well, he wants to come to you. So with, with the whole thing in the background, though, with Saicedo, it had been, they said it's a seven-month, it had been in contact with Chelsea for the last seven months, right? But then he wanted to go to Arsenal in January. He wanted United last summer. Where's the line? Where do you start going hang on? You actually just wanted a big move to a club. And Chelsea are the one that's offered you the most money. Because that's that is probably the reason why he's gone. Liverpool couldn't match an eight-year contract. At all. I mean, it's, that's not their model. Definitely not to the same terms. I think they could have got close. Don't get me wrong. I, I don't think uh, Liverpool are going to offer him like fifty grand a week compared to what he's earned at Chelsea. But like you say, I think there is a bit of a, a difference between what he could have earned at the two and, like I say, given Chelsea's recent not abuse but the loophole they found of this financial fair play, 
it's definitely given them a boost up in, in some transfers. But sort of the, the second player in particular I want to talk about, who's probably more significant to this conversation, is uh, Notto from Leeds. Now, the lad's refusing to play because he wants to get a, a move to a Premier League club and Everton looks like the, the main contender. Now, I, I, I just don't understand uh, how you can be contracted and just casually refuse to play because you want a move. That's not the point. When you signed for that club, you'll have it will have been explained what situation they're in, that realistically there is a chance we could go down. Clauses will have been put in place. So we can't then turn around and go, oh, well, you've gone down, so I want to move. Don't sign the contract then. Don't You, you have an agent for a reason. You have club representatives for a reason to work out in a contract whether what terms you you deem acceptable. And obviously, in cases like Leeds and Burnley and whatnot, they will have clauses if they go down that, A, they can move for a certain amount, B, they can go out on loan. I've seen a couple of them. You can't then refuse to play because you've agreed to terms to, to play in the championship if they get relegated. And let's bear in mind as well, Notto wasn't signed from a top Italian team. He was signed from Zurich. So he's come from a team which are not in Europe. I think they might have been in the Conference League a couple of seasons ago when it first came up, but they're not in Europe. Mm. Not a top team in terms of European football. They're a top team in their country, don't get me wrong, but they're not in European football-wise. So if you've got a big money move to a Premier League team at the time, and now because they've gone down and, as you said, there was a risk and he was told about it, don't throw your toys out the pram. You've, yeah, you, you've effectively got to take your medicine. You know, you've made the deal. And like I say, it, it would surprise me if he went there and it wasn't explained to him, there is a chance we might be in the championship. Obviously, no club is aiming to go to the championship. But like, look at Luton, for example. They're very much building a squad, which is probably more suited to the championship than it is the Premier League. But the players who are going there aren't, exactly going to be in a position when they go down to go, oh, well, I'm a Premier League player now, because realistically, you're not. You're only, you know, so in the, the league you're playing in, um, not necessarily what, what ability you're at. So in, in terms of transfers, we're, I'm getting more and more worried that, uh, you know, we might see it, say, next season, where if Leeds don't come up, what's going to happen with with all of their players that are go out on loan? Are they going to throw the toys out of the pram and go, well, you need to get back up to the Premier League. And then what happens with, say, for example, if they do go back up, all the players they've got uh, in to get them up to the Premier League, are you then going to ship them off because all the players coming back on from loans and whatnot? It, it just it leads uh, uh, the best example I can find of just, at the moment, what is a complete shit show. When I watched the Man United game last night and Wolves were obviously playing them, everyone was saying going into the season that Wolves are then up one of the favourites to go down because it's been a shit show in the background. And they put a brilliant performance in. And in the Premier League, when you're in the Prem, you'll fight your ass off to stay there because of the finances. Leeds, everyone thought, would come straight back up. They are not coming straight back up. They, they are so screwed in terms of their position right now, where they've made no money from transfers. They're losing their big players. The ones which they tied down to big contracts are either injured or just don't want to play. Even Sinistera doesn't want to play because of the situation the club's in. It's a bit shit. And if you're a supporter, I would be worried for Leeds 
in terms of where they're going. Because I'm not going to come back up now, straight away. That's my opinion. Yeah, and, and I think the, um, the 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 key thing to, to remember as well is we're setting a very dangerous precedent with leads. So, like I say, for example, it, it works both ways. If they go up and... The, it's a big if at the moment. They will have had to recruit very well because a lot of their players have gone out on loan. They're losing players to release clauses. But like for example, I think is it Aronson uh, has gone out on loan and Jack Harrison has, has just recently moved out on loan as well. And is it uh, Cock? Yeah, uh, Cock. Might have been. There was a, there was a centre back of theirs. Uh, so when obviously they go up, if, if they went up hypothetically, those players are going to come back and expect just to slot back into the team, but. What do you then say to the players who have got you into that division? Because they're probably going to have to have signed them players on two or three year deals at least, and it's not exactly easy to ship them out. And then you look at the flip side: is that if they don't go up, they're then getting all these players back on high wages, who you're going to have to sell. But realistically, their values have then gone from Premier League players to Championship players, so they're going to be losing a lot of money. Yeah, I sort of think as well when you. The finances at the moment in the top league is a big one. So, when I look at Chelsea, right, and I'm going to bring it back around to FFP because I'm amazing at this, um, certain clubs can find loopholes to make sure that their business model works. Whereas other clubs, which don't have as much money to play with, like the ones in the sort of, you'd say, in the bottom half of the Prem in terms of uh, wealth. They aren't. They can't do this because they're. They aren't guaranteed to stay in the prem. So with Chelsea, essentially, they've tied players down on long-term contracts, with the aim being that it balances out their books. So the argument at the moment is Chelsea spent close to a billion dollars in free transfer windows mm. because they have done. However, on their books, because they've put players down on long-term contracts of seven, eight, nine years, they're actually only spending approximately 65 million quid a year. They then also sold players like Havertz for 60-odd million. Which is effectively profit, even though he's already been at the club. It's, I mean, even though it is a profit, it's still it, on their books sort of when Todd Bowley uh, took over. It's just pure profit, isn't it, really? Well, it's not just... Uh, not like a little bit of profit when a player gets put on the transfer market or they say a player is able to transfer they put a valuation on him so they evaluated him at about 30 million because of how poor he's been and they've sold him for 60 million so they've made a profit Mason Mount was an academy graduate he's a 60 million profit because they haven't bought him they've just made him who he is lost the streak academy graduate they've made money on him and there's there's loads as well that'll be from the the system they already had in place where they just loan players out and then sell them off eventually so there'll been profit they've made from that as well which isn't even probably well known so they've made they've basically loopholed it brilliantly which is why they're getting away with it it'll catch up with them soon um but that's how they got away with it but a team like leeds who cannot do this because they're not in a position of financial Spirality. They haven't got shit tons of money to spend. That's where they struggle. Mm. But unfortunately, the football model now in this country means it's tough shit. You but you either sink, swim or sink. 
yeah. I think the more worrying thing, though, is is obviously to just kind of link it back to, to you know the topic at hand is at what point as well are players going to have more of an influence on transfers than clubs? Because, like I say, obviously we can see at some clubs, you know, the, the like City, for example, a lot of their financials rely on them selling their youngsters uh, to, to various clubs and putting buybacks in. Like they sold Trafford, they were on about selling their, I think they sold, was it Borges, who was very influential at under-21 level. Uh, and then obviously they're getting sell-ons from Lavia and other players. Now, obviously the, the problem is going to be is when club you know players can start being very particular at what club they go to, uh, are they, not necessarily them, but clubs below them are going to suffer because like I say, when's it going to get to the point where a player, that you know, a club could make 10 million more, say, if they sold to a particular club, but he doesn't want to go there. I mean, what what would happen hypothetically if when Saicedo uh, had the bid come in from Liverpool and he didn't want to go there, what would happen then if he decided, well, because I want to go to Chelsea, the club's now going to take 10 million less. You know, yeah. what would happen if Chelsea didn't come in with a bigger bid? It's... Clubs are going to be affected. We're in. We're obviously in an age now of ridiculous transfer fees. Like we we entered it a few years ago when Neymar moved, but we are now pretty. Much, we are quite clearly in, a, in an age of just I, apoplectic costs, which just, just make no sense at all. Mm. However, like you're saying, when does it come a point where a player? becomes the one who dictates what happens. Where they have all the control. Not all the control, but they, they have a significant portion in deciding what happens. That's where it's going to become a bit crazy. And you've got to think, mm. when, uh, where's the restriction? When's it going to stop? Yeah, because obviously we, we understand football as a business onto its own. It's not really comparable to someone working a nine-to-five, but it does seem a bit odd that an employee effectively seems to have a bit more power now of what happens with a transfer than the club who technically own him. You know, it's obviously, you know, footballers can be seen maybe as contractors or whatnot, but, uh, you know, realistically they are employees and it's getting to the point where the employee is having more power than the employer. But I think it raises a lot of points. And obviously if anyone does have any opinions on this, I'd love to hear them because, you know, it, it, it's a conversation that could take hours to get any form of answer out of, but it, it was definitely one I wanted to bring up because it's having such an effect at the moment. It, I don't really know where it's going to go, and I'd love to revisit it in a year's time and see if, if it's got worse, but we'll, we'll bury that there for now because otherwise, like I said, we'll be here for hours. Um, I think we'll, we'll take it all, uh, take the direction a bit more light-hearted now and but definitely not successful because we're going to talk about fantasy football. Um, now, obviously, we're a week into the season and no one knows how their season's going to go. Um, how have you got on on your Premier League fantasy team? So, um, I went a bit ballsy. I looked at the costs and how much some players are worth and realising now, obviously, they're getting older, um, there's lots of good players out there, and it's finding that balance. So in previous years, I would have just stuck all my money on certain players and then tried to fit the team around them. This time around, I've 
try to find a more balanced way of doing it. You, you're going around circles here. This is your way of saying you've not got Highland in the team, isn't it? Team. That's simple as that. And I, <laughs> risk and it didn't pay off this game week. Uh, it wasn't massively wrong, but uh, I am currently sat seven millionth in the world. So <laughs> seven million started off pretty well. Um, out of eight million, so it's gone well. However, uh, it nearly worked. It did nearly work. So I went, I got forty five points this week. Do you want me to read my team out to make it easier? Well, yeah, I, I thought I would. Uh, I thought we'd as well just see what differences we've got. So, what keepers have you picked? Martinez and Traff. See, now I've I've gone for Traff as a backup. I thought that was a, a solid choice. I've got Onana, you see, and that earned me a decent game week one. So it's, yeah. it's an interesting comparison of the two because obviously you, uh, Martinez shipped five against Newcastle, didn't he? Yeah, he got Traff got more points. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's my boy. Uh, got, who, who, who were your starting defenders? I had a Kanji. He got, okay. got me six points, and I think behind that was he's not a centre-back anymore. He just plays a left-back sometimes. Yeah, he yeah. does seem to cover in... Well, he has that weird system, Pep, doesn't he, where he has like defense, like centre-backs join defensive midfield, and it, it sort of like turns into a back three. So, yeah, you've, uh, it's not a bad choice of Kanji, really. Uh, Trent, who nearly got an assist, but he was just offside with his hand. I'm quite annoyed about that. And then Rich James, again, winged back. He went off injured. He went off injured. No, he didn't. He did. He went off injured. No, he just got taken off. No, he, he looked injured. He's not injured now. He's not injured on the FPL, though. Okay. I'll, I'd keep an eye on that one, though, because he did seem to sort of strain something and then, like, look to the bench and come off because I was watching the game. Oh, um, but I, I've got a different back three, and my back three really has kind of let me down. I've got Martinez, who got booked didn't stay on the full game, so obviously got nil point in the end. Trippier, who I think will come, I you know I thought will come up with at least an assist, but just the two points from him. And then Gabriel from Arsenal, because they didn't keep a clean sheet in the end, so just the one point. So I, I had a really lackluster defence. But I have got Gar, uh, uh, Gvardiol, however you pronounce it. And I did have Mings as well on the bench, but he, he got injured about fucking 10 minutes in, so he really let me down. On my bench, I've got Egan Riley, who didn't play, but he does sometimes play. And then I've got Tripp as well. Um, He got more points than Trent at the end, but oh well. <laughs> so let's, let's move to your midfield. Now, I'll, I'll start, Go because my midfield is tragic. Uh, I had De Bruyne, <laughs> who is now injured. Uh, I had Rashford, who had a pretty big shocker. Uh, he only got three points. I thought he'd at least bag. Uh, McAllister, who only got me the one point, he seemed quite quiet. And then I also put in Onana because um, I did have Enzo, but I didn't think he'd do well against Liverpool and correctly because Onana got two points, Enzo got one. So it was a very low scoring midfield for me. Um, couple of similar players to you. I've got McAllister on the bench. So he got a point, but I knew he wouldn't do anything against Chelsea. Some part of me thinks I should have gone with Slobberslime and perhaps taken a hit elsewhere, but because Slobberslime did look better, look more attacking, but oh well. Um, I got Matoma, got me five points. Uh, Diaby, got me seven. Saka, got me ten. Then De Bruyne got taken off injured. And I can't... Yeah, I, I think I made a mistake not bringing in Saka, and I might have to. Like, I, I've not replaced him because I have made my changes for game week two. And I've had to uh, leave 
uh, injured De Bruyne, I mean, but I am upset I didn't pick Saka because he looked like he had a great game, didn't he? Well, I've taken De Bruyne out, obviously, because he's injured. And I've put in James Madison. James Madison, that, that'll be an interesting one. He looked okay uh, for Tottenham. I think Tottenham are going to maybe have a, an adjustment period when it comes to trying to find out what to do without Kane. So he might play a part in it, who knows? I think he will. I think he had a good pre-season. So I wish I'd signed him to begin with. And I had a team that I took out. So... I don't know, but my, my I feel like my attack force has really dwarfed yours because I had Captain Haaland with 26 points, Isak, who got me 13, I think he got a double in the end, didn't he? And then I had Darwin Nunes, who got me one point. Well, I Captain Darwin Nunes, got me two. Uh, hey. And I had Ollie Watkins and Callum Wilson. Callum Wilson bags, though, didn't he? So you got some I points think, for Callum Wilson. Well, this is what confused me with FPL, right? Wilson got five points for, an, for a goal. He's got five points and an assist. Make it make sense. Is it not that he got two points for playing, three points for the assist? Yeah, but Wilson got Wilson came on as a sub. Yeah, so he wouldn't have got the starting bonus. I think when you play a starts and finishes a game, you get a certain amount of points. It's like Trippier got two points, that's because he started and finished the game. So that's how it works. Um so I, I sat on I sit on more points here. I've got fifty nine so far. Uh, I'm below average. Average, I think, was 64 points. But I, I had to make a change, obviously, with Mings, and I've swapped him out. Uh, I brought in Levi Colwell. Um, I call, I, however I'm going to fucking say his name. He looks solid against Liverpool, and he looks to be a starter now, uh, being uh, so well-touted at his time for Brighton, and being a, an academy graduate really sort of backs up his claim, getting in that squad, boosting up their numbers. So I, I, I've put him in. He's got. He's up against West Ham his first week, so I'm hoping Chelsea come away with a clean sheet. While West Ham are still trying to figure out life without Declan Rice, so I, I'm I've I got a okay result first week, but I think my second week might be a bit lower, seeing as I've got Haaland up against Newcastle, Isak up against City, uh, Darwin Nunes up against Bournemouth if he plays. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a bit of a shaky start from both of us for fantasy, which is. Probably not what I was expecting. I, I was being quite cocky because I, I won my friends league, but then again, all of them did give up, and now I sit fifth after one week. So, swings and roundabouts, I suppose, isn't it? Exactly. I I I've taken a hit, but I think you know going into next week, I look at my sort of fixtures. You know, New, um, Newcastle, uh, Newcastle have got City. That's a, a tricky one, but Aston Villa have got um, Everton and Burnley back to back. Arsenal have got uh, Palace and Fulham back-to-back. Even Brighton have got Wolves and West Ham back-to-back. So there's some good games coming up. Um, or at Liverpool, have got Bournemouth and they've got Newcastle at home. I think I was a bit weird, I know. So it's, it'd be interesting. It will. And, and I'm excited to see how badly I do after week one. Uh, we'll now move on to a exciting segment which I, I is one of my own um and i thought what would be what would be more interesting than seeing who could make more money off a bet each week between me and you i don't think there's much exciting television to compete against it i think this will see uh massive rises to our viewership and will possibly take over uh from the likes of sky sports <laughs> so each week me and james have a budget of 10 pounds we're going to try and make as much money as we can out of it. You're only allowed one bet, though. So it's effectively 
do you go big and brazen and, and go for the underdog or do you try and stick an accumulator in there? Who knows? So this is obviously week one of doing this and there's sort of a few set rules. Now, because we're recording on the Tuesday before the weekend's fixtures, you can only do bets from Friday to Monday. So no midweeks. It's purely on the weekend after the recording. So you can't even cheat, unfortunately. Yeah. But let, let's start off. So I, I've got my £10 bet locked in. I've gone for three teams. I've gone for Nottingham Forest. Uh, I think they're playing Sheffield United at home. So I, I really fancy that like their home form, is, uh, home form is a big part of why they stayed up. And Sheffield United just kind of look like a shell of a team. So I really think they'll uh, struggle to get anything there. Um, then I have Middlesbrough. Now, we, we do play them in the Cup, but before that, they do have a tie against Huddersfield Town at home. And I think Huddersfield are one of those who are touted to go down, aren't they? So yeah. I fancy their chances. And then keeping it in the Championship, I've got Sunderland to beat Rotherham. Again, Sunderland are a, a solid team, but like from last season's form in the Championship, Rotherham, one of those, again, who are touted to struggle. So very much a home-heavy uh, set of fixtures but off a £10 bet including bonuses as of bet365 that would return £52.38 pence. so I think that'd be a solid way to start the season and that would certainly make me a happy chappy um, I've got a bit perhaps um, not as ballsy because so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break yours down straight away um, Sunderland have had a shocking start to the season don't don't start don't start doing this don't don't attack me. Um, so that's why I didn't go for them. Borough Huddersfield again. Borough had a shocking start the season, but I can guarantee you'll come through. And who's your one? Uh, Nottingham Forest at home to Sheffield United. I can see that coming through, but I can see it being a draw because they're both just shit. It's been one game. You can't make assumptions on the season. Do it. Uh, no, I've gone with Liverpool team Bournemouth. I think that's. Pretty confident that'll happen based upon. Didn't Liverpool lose? Oh no, it was Nottingham Forest. We uh, we saw them lose too, wasn't it? When yeah. we were, I think it was Accrington. So yeah, they really perform well against the lower base teams. Yeah, carry on. Uh, so Liverpool, Bournemouth, new season, like a new year, new me. Um, I've gone with Portsmouth to beat Cheltenham at home. That's more based. Yeah, not how we performed. That's probably realistic, isn't it? Yeah, but it might change tonight because Portsmouth play extra at home first so um, I might come to regret it and finally Blackpool to beat Leighton Orient uh, Ooh, because Leighton is a good start whereas Blackpool have had quite a solid start this season okay so you've got those and you're putting £10 on them how much would that return if that comes in £34.15 so not as much 34. 15. who's that with is that with Bet365 as well or Paddy Power or 365 Three six five. Okay, that's that's an interesting one. So realistically, I mean, I, I wouldn't say there's too much of a difference in the the quality of the teams we've picked to win, and you know, there is a bit of a difference in price. So, so interesting. We've both gone for three teams as well. So knowing us, both gonna lose because two teams are gonna win, and there'll be a bogey team who'll draw in the ninetieth minute. That's how it usually goes for me on my accumulators, but. Interesting start, and hope what what I hope for going forward anyway as well is that we can get to a point where maybe we can have a a, a listener 
do a prediction as well and watch them make all the money while we'll, we sit here penniless. Yes. There's lots of possibilities for it, but they're locked in. So just to recap, James, repeat your three selections. Liverpool, Bournemouth, Portsmouth, sorry, Liverpool to beat Bournemouth, Portsmouth to beat Cheltenham and Blackpool to beat Leighton Orient. And that'll return £34.15 if that comes in. I've got Nottingham Forest to win uh, against Sheffield United, Middlesbrough to beat Huddersfield uh, and Sunderland to beat Rotherham. That will return £52.38. So uh, a gargantuan battle in the first round <laughs> of that. Um, and, and we'll move on now to a very special segment, one... I have no effect over, so this is all on James. And I, it's not got a fantastic title, but I'm calling it the all-seeing James, mystical James, something to do with James. It's all James. It's all me. Now, it's just all you. Now, what you're going to do each episode is you're going to have to correctly predict a result to, down to the scoreline. I want the goal scorers and... I want it confidently. I want I want one to come off at least this season. So let's look in your crystal ball that you definitely haven't got because we can't afford a crystal ball. No, I can't, I can't. Let, let's look at a pair of socks. Uh, let's rub the pair of socks and let's see what James has come up with. Come on, James, take it away. Why does it have to be a pair of socks to begin with? Why? Because that's what I imagine you, you've got to hand. I don't think you could afford anything else. I don't think you can afford anything oh, resembling a crystal ball. No, I can't. I, I'm in a really depressing situation. I can't even afford food. So, yeah, it, it was either a pair of socks or you'd have to rub your dog. And I thought it'd be a bit weird if you just I, sat there rubbing your I dog. Don't want, that's, I don't want to imagine that. That's quite a weird. So that's why I said a pair of socks. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, so, when I look for the, the games, I, I know I'm always bad at predicting anyway. I didn't go Premier League purely because... Um, it just, I, you never know with the Prem. I always, like, I didn't see Newcastle beating Aston Villa five one, so I didn't go with that. I've stuck with League One. League One, no well. Start off with uh, sort of the, it's quite the, the easy, easy route, and I have actually gone for um, Barnsley Oxford. Okay, Barnes versus Oxford. Talk me through it, James. So I think the based on Barnsley's last couple of games. Um, one sec. Um, who did they play last game? I remember. Intruding. Oh, we're off to a great mystic James. After it, they all seen James after a great start because he can't even fucking remember what's happened. Um, I think when I look at Barnsley, I look at their team. I do think um, Luke Connell is going to score in this game, but I don't think he. Luke Connell has been injured. Okay, yeah, I do think he's going to score in this game. Even though he's been injured. But I don't think he's going to be the first scorer. I think it's going to be Cole. He's going to be the first scorer. Devante Cole? Yeah. Okay. Now, how many goal scorers have you got? Is it just those two? They're going to win 3-0. They're going to win 3 Ooh. They have one as well. A, a, ch- a chill just went up my spine there. It was like it was like the spirits are talking to me. So we've got a Barnsley 3 0. Yeah. And we've also got Cole at uh, the goal scorers of Cole and Luca Connell. Interesting. Okay, so it's a bold prediction for week one. I I, I, under, I get the 3 0. Luca Connell scoring is going to be one to watch out for, I think. I mean, Devante Cole's been in fantastic form to start off the season. I think he bagged a hat trick week one, didn't he? So, not a surprise to see him on the goal 
uh, goal scorer's sheet. But so just to confirm and to lock that into the presence that is beyond, if you can hear me, Barnsley are going to win three nil. Luca Connell and Devante Cole, the goal scorer. And Kane, fucking Kane as well. And Kane, well, I didn't hear you say yeah, Kane. I said that five times. I, I, I don't think you did. I think that was that was definitely the ghosts. They were they were interfering with the transmission. They didn't want that to get out there. So you've got three different goal scorers. That's interesting. Okay, so we'll we'll see how that gets. Uh, See if that comes in. Fucking won't. <laughs> it will most likely now definitely be an Oxford 1-0 win with the Brannigan scoring. But, you know, um, thank you to the All-Seeing James. You can put your socks away. I, I, I already have. Don't you worry. <laughs> yeah. And I thought a nice kind of final segment. One I see going about a lot. I, I always see this on TikTok. And it's always with fucking WWE even though I don't follow any WWE accounts. It's always like guess the wrestler. So I thought it'd be nice to guess the Premier League footballer. Now, because it's my idea and it's week one, I'm obviously going to pick the footballer first and you're going to have to try and guess them. Now, the rules are very simple. You get 60 seconds, yes or no uh, questions only. Um, I will bring up the player's Wikipedia page to make sure that there's no incorrect information so as we speak i have generated a player bear with me as i bring up his jesus christ this is going to be fun uh bring up his playing history so like i say i'll set a timer to give you 60 seconds you can ask me uh any questions but you got to remember the answer can only be yes or no so don't ask me how many goals he's scored it more or less or true or false anything like that are you ready, James? I am ready. Okay, so your 60 seconds on the clock starts now. So, is this player in one of the top five leagues? He's a Premier League footballer. He's played in the Premier League. He's currently, uh, like, well, if you're asking me if he's in the top five leagues, technically no. Okay. So, he's, so he's wait, so he's a Premier League footballer historically, but not anymore? Uh, he's not a Premier League footballer at this moment in time, no. Is he on loan from a Premier League club? Uh, uh, no. Can you tell me what country he plays in? You can ask me a country, but I can't tell you the country. Does he play in a European league? Yes. Does he play in a... Like, a, like the Netherlands league, for example? There would be there. No. Does he play in any of the other top five? Yes. Syria? No. Ligue Yes. Uh, does he play for one of what you said the top four teams? So Lille, PSG, Marseille, or Rennes? No. Lyon. Who? Lens. No. Leon. Yes. Ah, uh, oh, you. Wow, well, you've used up a lot of that there. So I'm gonna, I'll, I'll let you have a guess. So we know he plays for Leon, and he's played in the Premier League. Um. <laughs> I, right, he's played. I know the team off the top of my head. Yeah, it's Leon. The, the, he plays currently for Leon, and he's played in the Premier League. That's basically what you managed to achieve in sixty seconds. Is it Lacazette? It is not Lacazette. <laughs> You're on the right kind of track though, because it was uh, Maitland Niles. Right, he's not just signed for. I thought he signed for Nice. He signed for Leon, according to Wikipedia. 
He is an English professional footballer who plays as a defensive midfielder or right back for Club Lyon. I'm sure he signed for James, James, I'm looking at I got his Wikipedia up and I I can confirm on seventh the seventh of August twenty twenty three, he joined Lyon on a four year deal on a free transfer. No, unbelievable, are you? I'm so fine. you were wrong, is, is effectively it because it's interesting because it's week one, I'll let you off, but you very much got caught up on trying to ask me what league he played in and then you'd struggled. Yes. You, you asked me if it was a top five European league and then you said the uh, yeah. the Dutch league. <laughs> you, you really got took off on a tangent there. But it was it was an okay try for week one. But obviously next week, it will be you picking a player or generating a player. And it'll be me guessing. We'll see how it goes. We'll see if it goes tits up or tits down. It will go tits up. It'll always go tits up. But it's, it's exciting. It's dramatic. 60 seconds on the clock. Um... <laughs> And, and that's a nice little way to end the episode. You see, fast-paced gets you gets you thinking. I think maybe going forward, if we don't guess it, might you know, if if we get more viewers, yeah, uh, we'll let people we'll leave the answer and let people guess. But you were unsuccessful as usual. Um, we'll end it there. This has obviously been the second half, so I it's a, I think it, they each have their own qualities. The first half, if you want to hear about home and away visits of your teams or possibly teams you might end up going to this season, that's definitely worth a listen. But at the same time, if you're just more of a football fan and you just want fun little segments, talk about fantasy, big talking points of the season, this is the place for you. So you've got a bit of everything as football fans. Listen to them both or listen to one or the other. It's your choice. But I've, I've enjoyed this, considering it's the first time we've done it. And as the season goes, we might add new segments, we might get rid of existing segments. Who knows? It's all up there in the air. But for now, I have once again been Luke. And I have been James. Thank you so much for listening and make sure you listen out for episode two coming soon.